today's episode, we are going to talk about one of my favorite uh, areas of group conversation. And I'm going to be honest, this is going to show to some extent my nerdiness, because this is the kind of stuff that gets me really excited on like a conceptual level. But we're going to be talking about how do we use our time when we meet weekly as a group? And what are some ways that we can be intentional about making that time as impactful as possible? Now, I get nerdy about this because a lot of people, I think, don't take time to think through how how they structure time impacts conversation. And the truth is that human beings, both psychologically and spiritually, are kind of designed to see certain times in different lenses, right? We mark off sections of time in our day for things like work. And when we say that this is work time, we go in with a different mindset than we would relaxing time, right? It changes how we interact with the time if we know what it's for. And we can often sense when there are shifts in how we're approaching time taking place in our lives. And we often do things to mark different uses of time to kind of get us into different zones or different uh, focuses, right? So a classic example that I would use to kind of make my point is imagine when you're setting aside time for prayer. What do you do? You try to get to a quiet place. You close your eyes to, to show a shift that's taking place. You do things that get you into a more spiritual focus or sense of what's going on. And that helps you engage in a little more intentional ways. And this is true for how we lead groups too. How we set up our time kind of dictates or shows people what kind of time that is space is meant to be. And we just need to be really thoughtful as leaders on how we intentionally use this to set up our groups to succeed at having deeper and deeper connection and conversation. So what I would ask you to focus on is thinking through how each section of your group time together plays a role in creating the overall experience. And then think through how to make transitions between these separate kind of spaces of time that we have together. And that seems very high level, but I'm going to try to break it down just by walking through how our group is set up to show you how simple and how easy this is to implement effectively. So I try to think of our group as almost being a story with a flow, right? It has an introduction, it has a middle, and it has an end. And I'm just going to walk you through that flow and how, you know, my group operates. And obviously you can play with this and, and use it as you feel comfortable and as you see fit. So our group meeting is usually around two hours and we always start with social time. And this is kind of unstructured time between 7 and 7.15 where people are just talking. We usually have snacks out. They're just catching up on what happened throughout the week. It's very much lighthearted and it's just meant to get people comfortable and, and greetings, right? And then we have a very intentional moment where we start shifting into this space of dialogue. And we start that usually with announcements. So we get the, the boring stuff out of the way, but the important stuff out of the way. What's going on in the church? What are some things coming up? Get it on your calendar. And we move through that pretty quickly. Now, our first shift is this one where we're trying to get people to think we are now moving into a space of dialogue. We're moving into an intentional, focused conversation. We're moving into a spiritual place in which we are going to get a little bit deeper than that social time together. And we do this with some pretty intentional ways. 
So we are we get everyone in the group. We're sitting around the circle. We've just done announcements. And then we do something that kind of just hits that switch in people's minds that we're moving into a new type of conversation. And these are very simple strategies. Often I use prayer, for example. We'll just say, now we're going to pray to start our time together. And we start by praying, and it just starts reminding people that we're moving into a place where God is at the center, and we're about to have a spiritual conversation. In the past, we've also used meditation. We've had a moment of silence, of getting people centered. We've had musical worship sometimes, and we had a member who could play guitar. We often use what we call our group covenant, which is just five or six affirmations of why we use our time the way we do. So we'll, we'll say things like, we gather here today to meet with Christ in the center so that we can grow. We are going to have this conversation so that we can go deeper and become more and more like Jesus. We just do something that marks a distinct shift in how the depth of the conversation taking place. Then we take from that, that shift, we move into the next part, which is starting the dialogue. And what my wife and I usually do in this is we usually summarize the sermon that's going to direct the conversation. We usually assign a member of our community to take notes that week, and they walk through the main points. We just introduce the main focus. We set the table for the meal that's about to take place, if you will. So we set the table. We've had this thing that we've transitioned into a spiritual place. We've set the table for the conversation, and then we start the dialogue. We start with the questions. We start with the back and forth. We really facilitate the dialogue for about an hour, an hour and a half, depending on the conversation. And we just try to get that as free-flowing as possible, and we try to move it from shallow to setting the table to deeper and deeper uh, conversation throughout. And then we end our time with what I like to say, ending well. And we do this by just having an intentional cap at the end of it, right? And this is usually what I like to do is I take time to summarize what I've heard throughout the night. Man, I have heard so many great conversations about how we need to grow in this area of service. Or I heard all you guys talk about this similar struggle. I just summarize it so people feel like their entire experience has been connected. And then, as always, we end with prayer. We end where we started that spiritual time. And you can do this either by praying over the group, um, just as a powerful way to end. We sometimes do prayer requests where it's, we've had this hard conversation, this deep conversation, and now we're just going to, what are some prayer requests that could help you throughout the week? And after we do that, we let people hang out as needed, you know, for 15 or so minutes afterwards, uh, just if anyone wants to hang out and, and talk a little bit more socially. Now, there are three caveats I want to leave you with. The first is that you can always play with this as you need to. And what I mean by that is I always recommend group leaders have a structure that they stick to early on, something that their group members can get comfortable with. They get used to the flow each week. They kind of know what to expect. And then as you go along, you can actually move out of that rhythm in, in thoughtful ways to make a certain week more impactful, to, to really bring home something new, right? So you can play with it and, and get people to a place where they're kind of realizing changes. So you start by getting them comfortable with the rhythm, and then as you move out of it, it becomes more meaningful. The second one is always leave space for the Holy Spirit to change things. There are going to be weeks where you have an idea of what the schedule is going to be, and then someone comes in and they've lost a parent. They've had something hard happen to them. It's been a huge struggle. 
and, and they just need time for extended prayer. And you just have to make space for that. So be able to be flexible as you need to. Have structure, but don't be so tied to it that you miss an opportunity to adjust as people need. And the last caveat is just that you need to respect the limits that you place on the time. I mean, this is about trust. The people in your group are busy. They have lives. They have things that they need to do. So when you tell people it's going to be a three-hour meeting or a two-hour meeting or a one-hour meeting, make sure you are honoring your commitment to keep it at that limit. Have a timekeeper. Have someone in your group who can let you know when, you're, when there's 10 minutes left. And then honor the commitment you've made to your group by sticking to what you said you're going to do. And if you do this well, if you think through how to use time in this way, you will have a powerful group experience.